And I think the last little girl, Matilda, is a bit of a favourite of mine too. Because the children are rooting for the children in the story all the time. And the more, more revenge or, or the more um, winning they can do, the better. Especially at the end, when, when the, 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 the worst person in the book is done in by a child, outwitted by a child, that's splendid. Because each child, each reader visualises themselves in the shoes of that child. Hello and welcome to the Adapted Screen Podcast, a podcast about movies, books, uh, books that have been adapted to movies, books that have been adapted to screening somewhere or another, whether it be TV or even theatre, not screen, but adapted nonetheless. So yeah, that's what this is about. Some weeks we have guests, some weeks we don't. This week we do have a guest. This week we have Ben Davis. He's a children's author. He's the winner of the Ludlow Children's Award or something like that. It will be mentioned in the podcast in a way. But yeah, Ben Davis, he's joined us. So we've chosen a children's book to cover this week. We have chosen Matilda. So that's what we'll be talking about. And yeah, please... Feel free to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Spotify or Google Podcasts, please do that. We would love that. We would much appreciate that. But, yeah, with a, without no more dilly-dallying, here is the chat we had together about Matilda and other such stuff. Anyway... I'm going to record it. <laughs> um, uh, did you, uh, you'd won the Ludlow Children's Author of the Year, is that correct? Or something yeah. on the lines of that? Yeah, Shrewsbury, what's it called? Shrewsbury. Get it right. Or just something get like it that. right. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few regional ones, actually. I've only, I never won anything for all the years I've been an author. Then during this pandemic, I've started winning awards when I can't get to like, you know, I've just got to do like um, acceptance speeches in my kitchen and stuff. So, you know, but, you know, it's nice to win awards anyway. Did you win one that David Walliams had won previously? Which yeah. one was that? That was that was the Shrewsbury one, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was Ludlow, but, yeah. Well, it's not that neck of the woods, isn't it? Something like that, yeah, I yeah. suppose. It's not that too far Does away. Does each county have their own award, do they? A lot of them do, yeah. Yeah, I've just, what was one, like Derby, Derbyshire and Essex and that, yeah, all, all over, really. You're going to work Warwick your way one. through them, are you? Yeah, trying. Yeah, I got the Warwickshire one <laughs> um, in a couple of weeks as well. But I don't know. Don't know if I won that. Yeah, I've got to practice my gracious loser face with the Zoom. What was the comedy award you won, Ben? Uh, did I win any comedy? I, I was a finalist yeah. in a few. Fuck oh, off. Oh, was did it... I win any? Did I win any awards? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, was you at the NEC because it was the final? I'm sure, or, oh, or was that just yeah. for the winners? You know yeah, which one no, I'm talking was about. That the thing? Yeah, we had to um, audition for that. Mm -hmm. Just right. BRMB? What was it? Was it BRMB? It was. It was uh, no heart. Um, yeah, ah. and it was me, and it was only supposed to be one of us. But they ended up taking me and Al Rudge um, together, which I'm That's glad right. they did take both of us because I would have been cacking myself on my own. But uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> you got you got to meet some celebrities on that day, yes. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's all these uh, you know nice celebrities, and I'm a picture taken with Rolf Harris, which is that, that comes up on my Facebook like once a year now, like as a special memory. 
that Christmas. One day when you're really famous, that's going to come back and bite you right <laughs> in the arse. It's, it's not <laughs> ideal when you're writing kids' books, no, to be honest. No, it's not, is it'll it? Be <laughs> on line of duty. It'll be some on line of duty, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've got this suspect, and look, he's with this well-known nonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. At all. So, mm, so, <laughs> so book-wise, Ben... Um, are you on book number eight? Is that correct? I'm on, no, I'm on uh, number nine was out oh, last gosh. year. And then um, I've got a bit you, of a period with none coming out. And then um, I've just signed a new contract for a couple more, but that's not going to be out for ages yet. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And the last one, was it um, What's That in Dog Years or was it Suit Movement? Suit Movement was the last one, yeah. What's That in Dog Years was just the one before. Okay, okay. And you've got that... Um, they're not related to the because you've got a series of books or with a series or, or with a character. What's that? One yeah, called? yeah. So what I started off doing, I started off writing like teen fiction, and that was a, that was a series um, called Joe Cowley series. Mm -hmm. That was, um, but yeah, I've, I stopped that a while ago. That was a four book series. Okay, yeah, uh, no, no ideas to carry on with the with the Joe Crowley then, or no, I, I get emails every now and then from kids like you get you doing the fifth one, and I'm like. No, like they, well, the publisher just sort of said, "Yeah, well, this will be the last one." Then I was like, "Oh, okay." So yeah, yeah. yeah. If the if the money's right, kids, I'll do oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, if I want the money to do it, I'll do it. It's not. Yeah, I'll keep churning them out. It's no problem. <laughs> and um, so, uh, how many how many other countries have got your books at the moment? Um, ooh, few in sort of odd places like uh, South Korea. <laughs> and uh, there's one I've got a couple coming out in Japan for the first time soon I think because uh, I just uh, I just had um, an email from the translator and she was asking me like all these like, and I realized how many sort of like British idioms I put in there because <laughs> she's asking me like what does hardest kid on the estate mean like, <laughs> how'd you explain that to someone from Japan uh, <laughs> and stuff like that so yeah they're, they're sort of out in um, all over really we've got some out in Holland and um, Latin, Latin America uh, a lot of places like that, really. Yeah, and, I don't know how they're doing in those places. Well, but. well, I was going to say, um, how how do they end up over there? Then is that your publisher like touting them to other publishers in other countries? Yeah. Or what's the score? Yeah, yeah. Well, in normal times, like the before times, they'd have like the Frankfurt Book Fair and London Book Fair and whatever, and that's when like they'd all publishers from all over the world all assemble in one place and they all see what they fancy, really. Uh, that's how a lot of it's done. Obviously, this past year or so, I think it's gone all Zoom and what have you. So it's not. It's been a bit tricky, but yeah, that's how, that's how it's normally done. Yeah. Interesting. There we go. That's all <laughs> the questions. Thanks so much for your time, Ben. I'll speak to you soon. See, you, mate. See, you, mate. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Just before we carry on, yeah. and for the recording, so people watching this don't think I live in a shithole. Are you getting the reference behind me? The reference? I don't. I was. I've been the looking book, at it now. I don't, I don't the book I that we're covering. Oh, is it really? Oh God! I, I no, well, it's, it's it's kind of like a reference to something within the book. Oh really? Is it Miss Honey's house? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. I was, was going to say Phil did not get that. 
<laughs> yeah, I got it now you told me it was from the book, but yeah. yeah. I was thinking it, it was something from Deliverance or something. <laughs> that's what yeah, I okay. thought. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going with, especially knowing Richie. I was like, he's got some someone trapped in like like in a basement there or something. <laughs> what a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> he's got a tro- um, he's got a trophy go- rooms with heads in jars. Might as well go back to the old one. Fuck it. There we <laughs> go. His feelings now, Ben. Sorry. That's the one I usually use. I'll use that one. Fuck it. That's nice. I could use my, my actual background, but um, no, you don't want to see that. <laughs> it's a shithole shit in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, Ben, basically the way it works is, I mean, it's pretty much self-explanatory. We just have a chat about, normally we start talking about the book and then just find the differences in the film and just chat for a bit. And then we realise yeah. we've been talking for an hour and then we stop talking. <laughs> That's yeah, usually good. the way it works, Richie. Yeah, kind of get bored, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it depends because, like, when we did, um, when we did uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, there was lots of differences, and it took us about three hours to get through. <laughs> Whereas we did High Fidelity in the last one, and there was like three differences, and we're like, mm, "That's it, done. Thanks, yeah, bye." Yeah. And this book was no more than a pamphlet, really. So no, yeah, and it's not that it's, different, really, either. No, I, I mean there are obviously a few. But yeah, that's, but it's not saying anything until right, Well, I'll ask the first question then. Uh, Richie and Ben, you can take it in turn, starting with you, Richie. Um, when did you first either watch and or read Matilda? And what did you watch and read for this podcast? What? Fuck's sake. Okay. When I mean, was the, the first, first time... time I ever watched him and first yes. ever read it. Fuck yes. me, it have been at school, obviously. Don't get all moody about it. I didn't back, know. Back, back, in, I back, didn't... In, back in the early days. Did they have books in the black country when you was a child? We had a ton. Dad used to write on the chalkboard. <laughs> um, when was the first time you watched the film? Oh, mate, I can't remember. Jesus. I mean, when did it come out? Fuck me. Do you, do you, we, we usually have a bit of a synopsis and stuff uh, ready for this. So we can say oh, a bit yeah. okay. about the author. Again, then? Have you got anything? Because I haven't. Yeah, got on the back of the book, surely. Surely, yeah, let's on, do that. The, surely on the back of the book. Uh, here we go. Roll doll. Okay, okay. So short sip synopsis. Sip synopsis. Yeah, I can't <laughs> say. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, when Roll doll was 16, he decided to go off on his own holiday in france he crossed the channel from dover to calais with 24 pound in his pocket in 1933 rold wanted to see the mediterranean sea so he took the first train to paris then on to marseille when he got a bus and went the wrong way down to monte carlo he finished up at a place called jean saint john cap ferret easy for me to say and stayed there for stayed there for 10 days wandering around by himself and doing whatever he wanted it was his first taste of absolute freedom and what it was like to be grown up he traveled back home the same way but by the time he'd reached dover he had absolutely no money left luckily a fellow passenger gave him 10 shillings or 50 pence in today's money for his tram fare home roll never forgot the kindness and generosity Mm, that's an adventure of Roldal. Um, I'm going to have a look here. Let's have a look. Meeting Quentin Blake. Writing tips. Mm, 
were oh here we go 1916 Roald Dahl was born on the 13th of September in Landaff in Wales is that correct to say that right not quite sure uh, Roll was sent to boarding school in 1925, St. Peter's School in Western Supermare. Uh, 1939, okay, so around what the beginning of the Second World War, Roll Dahl joined the RAF at the start of the Second World War. He became a fighter pilot fight, flying hurricane aeroplanes across the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, his plane crashed in Western Desert in North Africa and he received severe injuries to his head, nose, and back. Most people die, did well. He did. Um, in 1942, Roll was sent to the USA to work in the British Embassy, and some say he was also a spy. His first adult story was published, and he wrote his first story for children about mischievous creatures called gremlins. Walt Disney started to work, work on turning it into a film, and Roll went to Hollywood. Uh, 1943, movie plans are out, ground to a halt, but The Gremlins was published in the USA, Britain, and Australia. It was Roll's first book. And then uh, let's come up a little bit to close times. 1978, Roll Doll's partnership with Quentin Blake began with the publication of The Enormous Crocodile. And in 1990, Roll died on November the 23rd, aged 74. So that's a bit about the the author. Uh, Richie, what is your favourite role? Hold on, huh? a bit about the film. A bit about the Go film. Go for it. Do it. So what I'm going to do now is, gonna, rather than talk about it, because I can't be asked. I'm going to mm -hmm. show you the trailer. So we're going to watch the trailer together. Ooh. Press play. Once That'd be good upon idea. a time, there was a girl named Matilda. Hi, Dad. Get in the car, Melinda. Matilda. Whatever. Who was extraordinary in every way. Pretty soon you'll be able to do any multiplication, whether it's 2 times 7. Or 13 times 379. 4,927. Wow. She can multiply large sums in her head. So can a calculator. But in a world where grown-ups make all the rules. I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm big and you're small. I'm right. And you're wrong. In a school where the principal... In this school, I am God! ...has no principles. Yes, Miss Sir! The Trunchbulls used to be in the Olympics. Ah! Shot put, <gasps> javelin, ah! hammer throw. Ah! She will discover... Somebody's got to teach her a lesson. ...deep inside herself... You should believe in whatever power you think you have inside of you. ...a secret weapon... <laughs> ...to even the odds. No more, Miss Nice Girl. They give things. Have a carrot. <laughs> nah, you eat it. Now... Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you will not leave this platform until you have consumed the entire confection. She gives power. You can do it, Brucey! <laughs> to the powerless. <laughs> Help to the helpless. Harry, take your head off. I can't do it. A disaster. <laughs> to those who deserve it. From the author of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach <laughs> and the unique vision. What did you do to your hair? 
of director Danny DeVito comes the story of every kid's right to stand tall, no matter how small. Matilda. There you go. So that was a trailer about all the things that weren't in the book. <laughs> that were. What the thing was in the book. The hair yeah, thing but, was in the book. Yeah, but like, like well, we could talk about this later on, but like the hat thing, that wasn't in the restaurant, was it in the book? It's just in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all the bits with like all of the power. She only uses the powers, what, twice? Yeah, the book. the book is very, I mean, I'm, I have to keep reminding myself it's a children's book, but it lacks so much fucking substance. It's just. Make it more clear. So, Richie, did you read the book and watch the film? Uh, I mean, if, uh, yeah, that's yeah, okay, what the good. podcast ben, is. <laughs> ben, did you read the book and watch the film? Yes. Okay, so I did it a little bit differently, knowing that we had a guest. I read the book and listened to the radio adaptation rather than oh. watch the film. Only, only That's because... something I would usually do, you cheeky bastard. Mm, I know, yeah. Uh, to be fair, though... Oh, shit, sorry, that's my... I should have uh... watched the stage play. There's a stage play as well, isn't there? Well, I, only, only because I've seen Matilda probably about 7,000 times. So I think I was <laughs> really? safe in the knowledge of what was different in the film to the book. But, yeah, I thought the, the – I was going to have to go and sort out the, the – Washing the machine, is that? No, it's the Hoover. It kicks in at half seven every Sunday. Uh, bear with. <laughs> the Hoover kicks in at half seven every Sunday. Fucking loud, Nick. <laughs> Unbelievable. What was uh, that? It was the It was the, the Amazon – automatic vacuum thing oh okay i thought you meant the missus kicks in at half seven every sunday <laughs> you fucking be kicking me at half seven every sunday can tell you if i told her that um so um yes yes okay yes yeah, so uh yes i didn't watch the film i listened to the to the adapted radio play and read the book um which was pretty cool um i asked you I think I asked you earlier on, Richie, when you first read Straight Watch. When was your first introduction to Matilda, Ben? Um, like lots of people, I read it at school. And I, I seem to remember the film came out like not long after I I read the book. It came out like 96, so I would have been like 10. So, yeah, I remember okay. it came out not long after, I, long after I read it. So it was pretty fresh in my mind. So um, I think I think looking at the film, uh, it was uh, directed by Danny DeVito. I thought it was um, I thought it was a very good film, but. I think what I think the things the, the the one thing I noticed about all Roald Dahl films is that they're kind of toned down a little bit. Um, like if you look at language that's used, obviously it's always the adults that are the naughty ones, really, or the bad people. Even even if even if there's children that are a bit naughty in the in the book, it's always the adults that are a bit like mean and nasty. But the language that's used in the books is far more threatening where i think in the films it's more like non it's just more like bullying rather than threatening if you am i making sense because i think i was the yeah. book the book the book is a shade darker than the films that's where yeah. i was going for yeah yeah it is a little bit isn't it yeah um i think that's what i was gonna say i think in the in the film they're more dismissive they're just dismissive of matilda whereas in the book they're just fucking downright hater it's yeah. <laughs> just proper don't like her at all do they no, the, the, I, I, think... the, 
the thing I struggled mainly with the story was she obviously in the film wasn't four years old. She was probably about six or seven in the film. The book is four years old. Now, at the time, before I had my own child, I wouldn't thought anything of that. But now I've got my uh, son who is four, and I look at him, a tiny little thing, and I'm thinking to myself, can I imagine him walking down the street on his own to a library? And if I saw a little child like him walking on his own down the street... I couldn't ju- and uh, I couldn't just walk past him and leave. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my son probably couldn't even tell you where he fucking lives. Uh, you know, and you would stop him and go, oh, "Where's your mom? Where do you live?" You know, you'd want to take him back. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And you can imagine walking through a high street or whatever. Hundreds of people walking past him, and not one of them said anything to her. Nah, <laughs> bullshit. It's not. It's not based on a true story at all. This. What does yeah. um um? How does uh how does uh Davis Junior fare towards where Matilda was? Because they're mean, about the said, same age. The, the character yeah. in your son, of course. Yeah, I mean, we have a parents' evening, and she says he's nice and everything, but he's not a genius. I can say. I can say that <laughs> to begin with. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was talking to a teacher actually about Matilda, and he was saying like, besides the the the, the head teacher who chucked kids out of a window, even leaving that to one side, the book's a safeguarding nightmare. Like, like you say, you've got <laughs> Matilda walking down the street. You've got she just goes to that teacher, just miss on his house, doesn't she? After school, you can't can't be doing that. So, so the whole book really, it's just like, oh no, there's not a proper safeguarding measures. That school. I do, I do like that. It's a safeguarding nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what what he, oh, he, he wouldn't have got right, got away with writing the book today. Fuck me! No. I mean, he could have written no. it, but it done no, no good. He'd have been slaughtered no. for it. Yeah, I mean, Matilda actually, because I've been, I, I read to my son at night, and obviously, I tend to try prefer authors who are still alive who need the money. But I've been reading the Roald Dahl ones for sort of nostalgic reasons, and some of, I mean, Matilda is not too bad. But I mean, I was reading him uh, the Great Glass Elevator, and I had to stop because. It was too. <laughs> there was one bit. It was just the president of the US, and he was just like reeling off racist jokes, like constantly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "I'm going to put this to one side and move on to something else." So yeah, uh, it's, it's a bit, I have uh, that. Uh, I have that in and out again when I'm. Re- uh, uh, my daughter's got an extensive Jacqueline Wilson collection, right? And, uh, and she's nine. And sometimes some of the subject matter in Jacqueline Wilson books aren't for nine-year-old girls. No. And I'm like. Oh, how do I either skip this word or skip the whole fucking chapter? I'm not quite sure. How do I say this girl is trying to kill herself, but like mm. without saying kill herself? Yeah. Falling down the stairs. Mm. Oops. I've had similar thing. I've been reading the first five books of the Bible, the Torah to the Babi, and you've got people dying left, right, and centre, people being struck down and stoned, prostitutes everywhere, people However, shagging brothers and sisters. It's like, oh, no, couldn't get away think, with writing that today. But I think, but I think, if you start with "in a galaxy far, far away," you you're clear. Start with those yeah. words, and then anything yeah. you say, you can say whatever you like. Then, because it doesn't happen in this universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, so, so I know we went off on one straight away. Then didn't really with uh, yeah with that's it. it with, yeah, I think. But I think I think the strange thing about Roald Dahl films, um, <clears throat> oh sorry, Roald Dahl books, um, 
like the they're in a different like i suppose they're in a different universe completely because you know like the it's like like if you look at fantastic mr fox i mean as if three mad farmers would just blow holes in the ground <laughs> until there was no ground you know what i mean it's just like yeah. and just as like and like willy wonka's chocolate or whatever it is james uh charles and what is the willy wonka chocolate factory what's it called uh, charlie and the, the chocolate factory is that the what it's books called? charlie and the chocolate factory yeah the the film one i called it willy wonka and the chocolate factory if i remember right yeah um, and i think but like if you look at the book i suppose when you look at the films that it kind of makes them a bit more real but like the books you can't really take very seriously they seem set in a in a different land altogether but then again i suppose you know ron was a lot older than us really or mm -hmm. like was born in a different time and so things maybe seemed different where people were more strict maybe you know like schools and and and, and family members and all that kind of stuff they they probably were more strict and a bit more nasty than what people are nowadays maybe i don't know the thing with all dog books yeah. is and the kids books and think about kids books is it's supposed to teach them some sort of moral story and some sort of lesson i think and you get that a lot more now in books today but this it's like if you've got a nasty big bully or a nasty teacher, so long as you've got magic powers, you sound you get through life. <laughs> so, yeah, if if you're Matilda or Jean Grey, you're all right. Otherwise, you're fucked. You're going to get chucked <laughs> out the windows and stuck in horrible rooms with spikes everywhere. Um, just just very quickly uh, 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 before we do move on, this is the second film that we've actually had. The this actress we've covered this we could I don't know what her name is I'm really sorry, uh but we covered we covered her in Mrs Doubtfire and now oh, yeah. Matilda yeah she was the she was what's the, her name I don't know I'm gonna have to look it up mm. I'll have a look I'll have a look yeah but um I did I actually we did try and Ma get her. Mara Wilson is it ah yes or it's something it begins with an M at least yes. I do believe we did. I think I think we'd, we'd sent a couple of emails to try and get her on the show and she told me to fuck off. So I got you instead, Ben. Is that all right with you, mate? Yeah, being second best to the <laughs> actress. Is that yeah, all right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll yes, happily be second Good best stuff. to Mara Wilson. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really know when the first difference, um, or, or like the like the kind of the first differences came in. I mean, a bit like what you said at the start, I suppose, Richie. When when she goes to the library, you'd think that the librarian would call the police or social services, but clearly it's a free for all <clears throat> for her. And I think really the differences didn't really come until the end of the film, particularly. I think it was the end that was not not the end, the end, even though that is the case. But um, there wasn't really much difference. There was bits added in certain sections but like it wasn't really until she was at school that there was any real difference unless i'm completely wrong sorry i was um i'm looking oh. at pictures uh ben? so that game so, yeah. Uh, yeah ben <laughs> ben yeah no uh, it's just um, yeah yeah there's a I mean, obviously, the, the one that stood out to me as a kid, I was thinking, why are they all like American? That was a bit, but that's, you know, that's, that's a bit expected. <laughs> um, and the, the brother as well. I think in the, in the, in the, uh, yeah, in, in the book, the brother's just sort of normal. I think they make him more of a bully in, in the book, mm -hmm. if I remember, if I remember mm -hmm. rightly. Yeah, no, no, but yeah. But yeah, no, like you say, right, it is yeah. compared to a lot of other role dial adaptations, <clears throat> it, it, it is pretty close to the, the source material, really. 
compared like, compared to like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, that takes a lot of liberties. But yes, I think at the end the parents sort of actually seem like they're going to miss her a bit, don't they? Whereas in the book they're like eh, whatever. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I think <clears throat> oh, there she is. Yeah, Mara Wilson, you were spot on there. Well done, Ben. I would, yeah. <laughs> I'd not getting drawn into that. <laughs> yeah, she's a all grown up look at her. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, that'll do. Yeah. But that'll yeah, do. I better get rid of that now. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's quite all right. What was I thinking? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think it's it's very much uh, it's very much of its time and very much Americanized. Um, I think if if I was going to think of a film that it reminded me of was Problem Child. It was uh, if you've ever seen mm. Problem Child, it, it yeah. was yeah. kind of like that. But not obviously not the not that the the, the child was a problem, but just kind of that hecticness with like, you know, the parents who don't like the children and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. Did I, I mean, just uh, sniff really horribly down the mic? So sorry. Mm, I can't, sorry about that. wasn't paying any attention to you in all fairness, Rich. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think like the characters, I mean, look, the dad was pretty spot on um, in, in the book and the film. And I think the mom was as well. Like you said, Ben, I think the brother was more bullied up. So like he was like a dad junior. Kind of thing, yeah. making making Matilda like an actual outcast, if you know what I mean. Um, but I always uh, always wondered, like when I because the kids loved my, my kids absolutely loved the film, and I always wondered why a, a parent would be look would just blank the kid, you know, shut up and watch Tello, shut up, oh, but mm. I can do this, Katie, but you must have cheated. You're a cheater. You know what I mean? It's just like like the yeah. have no idea at the level that like the kids doing something good that they just don't give a shit for whatever reason, and it's not really ever explained, is it? Um, no. Oh, that was that was sorry, that was one of the biggest things, and obviously it leads into the end of the film that he's being watched by the FBI or something like that, and and one of the FBI agents is um, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who my children also love watching his films as well, which is uh, oh, okay. quite funny. Because mm. when when you when you're uh, doing dodgy dealings with cars, cheap cars, the FBI are the first people that are going to get involved. <laughs> Not the local police, straight to the fucking top. He's doing the what with cars? Boat. Get the FBI in. The speed boat. Get the secret servicing now. <laughs> Yeah. I did like uh I did like when um uh, Mrs. Trunchbull Trunchbull Trunch Trunchbull, Trunchbull. The, Trunchbull yeah, yeah where where she thought that Matilda's dad was a stand-up member of the community and then as soon as she realized he'd sold her a dodgy car he was a no, he was a complete wanker but he was still right about Matilda being a being a problem child which which I thought was <laughs> yeah. quite funny she she yeah. her mind was made up that Matilda was just like a no good a no good rotter yeah, from the start. Yeah, uh, the the scene where she goes in the house in the film that wasn't in the book. No, well, I mean, I think that's the like, and I think like the book itself is probably about two hundred and sixty pages, and I think if you take out all of the pictures, and if you would take out all of the pictures and fill those pages with you know those blank bits with words, it probably only is about one hundred and eighty pages, maybe a bit less, and I suppose if each page is what 10 seconds of or like you know 30 seconds of screen time or whatever you've got to bulk it out a little bit haven't you really yeah, true, so true. <clears throat> because in the book they never went to the house at all because in the in the film they go to the house at one point and then she comes home and they manage to escape 
Um, and then she does all the scary because in the book, when she runs her off, she does the thing with the chalkboard and go, this is Herbert or Cedric or whatever the man's name was. And then she runs off and she never comes back. And then she, and then she signs the house over. Whereas that happens short. I think that happens in the, in the, um, in, in the film early on ish with the chalkboard. And then they go to the house and it, and they do the big thing with the with the with the painting that floats and all that, and then she gets scared and then she runs off. Yes, yeah, that's one thing. When having reread the book recently, I was I was waiting for that bit. I thought because I just my memory tricked me into thinking it was in the book, so I was expecting that. I was expecting Matilda to end up in the what's it called the chokey, which doesn't happen in the book either. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. no, and and. And and because I didn't watch the film this time round, um, she doesn't go to Miss Honey's house, does she? In the film, yes. Does she? Yeah, she does. Does she? Yeah, she's there at the end. I know. I know she's there at the end on the porch. But I mean, like inside eating and stuff. I, I think I can only ever remember her being on the porch. Yeah, it's not as yeah, it's not in the book. It's quite a big thing. She goes to her house after school. And yeah, they, they eat. But also, like, but also, it's a proper house though. It's not a shack because she's got no money. Yeah, and yeah, there's none not... of that, is there? Because because and that's one of the things about Roald Dahl. In that, what she's saying is that like she's grown up. She suspects that her her aunt has killed her dad. And then she's looked after and gone, because I've looked after you, you owe me a quarter of a million pounds. Every fucking penny you earn, you've got to pay me. And yeah. it's just like, fucking cow. How, like, how, <laughs> how low, you know what I mean? I'm really not good. Fuck me, I feel for the word. What the, <laughs> what's going on? There? This is How on earth has this happened? Um, yeah. But obviously there's none of that in the film. And I don't know whether it's because it's unnecessary to the story or whether they don't know how to approach it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. how how do you, how do you approach that in the like trying to make it as real as possible with a girl that's got superpowers? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you were saying earlier as well. I think they trim off some of the darker edges of it as well to make it a bit more palatable. Because he does. I mean, Roald Dahl. I mean, if you remember the the witches, that other one at the end of the book mm. that on it with this different book, but the, the, scared the fucking shit out of me. That yeah. book did. Oh yeah, I mean. But at the end of the book, he's still a mouse. Whereas I think in the film, they make him turn, they turn him back into a boy, so they make it a bit more sort of palatable for for the for happy end or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Did I did I see? I read. Did I read an article or hear something saying that like witches has been like either cut or banned or something because of they've redone of, it, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, they've redone it, but because of uh, look like, fucking horrible. No, no but yeah, because. <laughs> You know that like they've got like missing arms or they're like amputee like the the witches are amputees or something or like the they've got the weird thing going on with their arms whatever it is. I can't yeah. remember because I haven't seen the film in such a long time but apparently they've come up uh, there's some backlash against like some disabled group saying that like basically like um um people with disabilities or half a limb like they're making them out to be evil but it's like it's from a book from about 50 years ago <laughs> and a film from about 50 years ago so how is this a new thing you know what i mean like for fuck's sake take a yeah. breath but what you <laughs> now, do? don't judge me don't judge me and this is an absolutely god's honest true story this is on my baby's life who's downstairs but there's a lad i've met next door in the pub just two days ago new to the area and he's got three fingers and one hand mm-hmm. true story and i met him and we've been talking i didn't notice he went shake my hand as an introduction. Now, if I've never met you before and you've got three fingers on one hand and five on the other, 
don't offer me the one with three fingers. Because you're just going to, and he must know, he must have known what he was doing. He must have done it on purpose. And I kind of went, oh, look, you've got three fingers. Like he didn't know. So awkward. What the fuck? What? Where did they go? <laughs> what? Yeah. I used to do, so, um, uh, I used to do, uh, I used to do business with, um, with uh, a UK pub chain and their like managing director had, an issue with one of his arms. I can't remember what, but I remember when I, when I was being prepped for the meeting, they said, don't shake his right hand. And I was like, what you want to bet? And they're going like, just, you know, like he's got a... Tell him not like, to offer it to me. No, 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 no. But he doesn't. He offers the left. And obviously, because yeah. when you shake hands, you go with the right, but he always does the left. And I was, he was just like, just make sure that when you put it's the left rather than the right. And I was like, okay. So it helps when you've got a bit of warning, I suppose. Yeah, luckily the guy's got a sense of humour about it. And he just carried on joking about it without me prompting him, so it's fine. God, you <laughs> you you two must get on like a house on fire. Yeah. So anyway, um, moving on, moving <laughs> on. Um, other other, I mean, again, like the differences in the film they were really only towards the end, and they're really only to do with Matilda's powers. I think there wasn't really much else that there was a difference. Uh, in the movie, I think um, I think we saw in the trailer there, like she was testing the powers out at home, and I don't really think she did that in the book, did she? She wasn't really testing the powers out at home particularly. It was no. more of an anger thing that she got when she first knocked the jug over. Yeah, yeah, I think she, yeah, I think in the film she discovers her powers a bit earlier on, don't she? If, if mm. I remember right, yeah, it was in, with in the, the breakfast cereal, and yeah. and then all of the other bits that we just saw in the trailer, then like moving things around the house where. I think she might have actually said to Miss Honey that she was doing that, but there was no kind of written bit in the book. There was a bit of a difference in the book to the film where in the book she had the power, did what she did, and then she told Miss Honey and showed Miss Honey what she did. Bang. In the film, it was one of those dramatized things where the second time she tries to do it, you show her. Fucked up. Didn't work. I don't know. No, I don't... I... It I wasn't till afterwards when she. I think, uh, I think it. I think it took her a while in the book. I think it took her a while. Like, like I think she had to try two or three times in the book. Still, did she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure no, that she was no, like. No, she got it. Because I was expecting it to fuck up in the book, but now she said all the power came behind her eyes and the the everything, and then it worked. Whereas in the in the film, no, it didn't happen the second time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So I expected, then, I expected in the book for her to fail, but she didn't. Well, there isn't enough time in that book for anything, really. You've got to get from A to B, haven't you? There's no, you know, there's no side plot. There's no nothing, really. That was... No. And I think and I think that's what the film had to do. The film had to put side plots in. It had to do little bits, like, for instance, they went out. Like, I th um, in the movie, did they, like, they didn't have the parrot, did they? There was there no. wasn't the parrot that she shoved in the chimney and stuff no. like that. There wasn't anything no. like that. But obviously, I thought the, that was ridiculous in the book. Book. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a come bit. On. It's a bit. Yeah, but that is that's that's well. I mean, right, Ben. Okay, so so we've got Ben, who's who's a children's author, teen author, children's author. Is that the kind of comedy that you would be looking at to put in a book, knowing that a child's going to laugh at that, Ben? Um, I have used a parrot. Uh, not in that way. I've not put it in uh, a fireplace, but yeah, I did in my first book. There was a, there was a parrot, 
Um, yeah, but I, I mean, it's one of them. You probably not these days. You think it's sort of like it's one of them where I think Roald Dahl he got to a point where he was so he was so big time. I think sometimes his his editors weren't really picking him up on stuff, or if they were, he was just telling them to sign off because I'm Roald Dahl. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. Whereas someone like me was, you know, I'm. I'm on the shelf below Roald Dahl. He has a full shelf. I have maybe one in the shelf below him because my last name begins with D. Um, I, I more have to listen to more what my editors t- say. Really, I can't tell him to, to go away and leave me alone. So yeah, in but some I, of his certainly later books, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't really say getting it like a parrot joke, but like when you're when you're writing. Is it like, mm. for instance, that bit about the parrot being stuck up the chimney? Like, like, like my daughter thought that was quite funny. You know what I mean? So, yeah. is it like, like, like you're finding bits to, to like, like bits that you know children are gonna laugh at? I mean, I mean now I'm talking to a, a former stand-up comedian here, but like, how how do you approach putting like, like, like that, like putting a joke into a book, into the story, so to speak? If, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm like you, like you guys, really. I'm always, it's I'm annoying to live with because I'm always, it's sort of how my brain works. I'm always thinking about jokes all the time. So even when I'm writing these books about more serious stuff, like, you know, a kid who's got cancer or a kid whose parents are getting divorced and that, I'm still putting jokes in there. So it, it it's not something I have to work out, really. I have to work to not put too many in because it becomes stupid. <laughs> so is it, that's, I have the opposite problem. Is that... Is that something you've learned where to put them in and where not to, though? I mean, obviously, yeah. when you're doing when you're doing the stand up bit, you know where the joke is. The joke is at the end, but you mm-hmm. know, like obviously, you don't put a joke. You got you don't save your jokes to the end of the chapter, so to speak. So, like, <laughs> like, like when you did your first draft, as an example, like, w- was you ready to go and right? You need to put a joke in this bit here, this bit here, this bit here, or is it just just let it flow and let's see what happens? Yeah, I, th- I think what I was doing in my very first draft, so I was trying to shoehorn jokes in that didn't belong there. So I'd be like, I might say I've had a gag from my stand-up set that I was thinking I could, I like that gag. I'm just force that in there, and it, even though it's got no business being there, so those are the type of the ones I get out saying that that you, you don't need that. You need to think first and foremost. You need to be focused on telling the story. Um, I think, I think, I think, I think the, uh, I think the bender is my favourite joke of yours. <laughs> Yeah, there was a bit of that in my first one. It being a sort of a, of a teen book. Yeah, being what was it? What was the joke? It was something that was called Ben Bend over Bend Dickhead or something. Dickhead. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's been a long Kids time. Kids at school used to call me all sorts of names: Bender, Bendover, Dickhead. Yes, that was <laughs> that's it. That was towards the start. That was one of my opening lines. I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Okay. I'd stop listening after that one. In all fairness, that was it. I was like, I've got my money's worth. For the best, to be yeah. honest, for the best. <laughs> wow. Um, it's about knowing your audience as well. I mean, for it, it's when you when you write for children, that they have much simpler brains than us. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's an audience. It's like earlier, I um, posted this thing on for somebody posted on fight. In fact, I'll fucking show you. It pissed me right off. Do we have we anyway, got some safeguarding stuff going on here? If this is fuck safeguarding, look at this, right? So somebody posted. <laughs> Where do you find inspiration to ask better questions for your podcast, right? So just just being funny, because podcasters and music... That's interesting, because all my questions I put, are shit. I put, and I spelled it wrong, I think, but I put cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> see that? So this person, after... Put, Richie Armour, drugs kill. Richie Armour, drugs kill. 
and not good questions, whatever that means. I've I've lost some friends and from addiction. So I put, fuck me, fun sponge. Bet you're the life and soul at every party. <laughs> Probably not the best way to come back at him. But... Fun sponge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but obviously I've got my audience song, you know, so it's one of them. Yeah. Swiftly moving on to Matilda. So um <laughs> so one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest differences in, in Matilda was you want the me end... to leave, Phil. No, Do you want me no, to go? No, 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 you're quite all right, mate. Just you're sit fine. still and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking the both of you a question now. Um okay. in the in in the end, in the book, um it's like I think one of you might have mentioned there was a bit more of a fight to not not keeper kind of thing, but I, the dad has to go to the Costa del Sol because he's try dodge. Um, whereas obviously in the film we've been we've been led to believe that the FBI are watching him because he's try dodge, and there's a big rush to get away. But Matilda doesn't want to go, and Matilda's actually at the house in the film rather than runs to her house when she finds out. Um, but the question is, uh, which ending is better? Ooh. I mean, both I, as bad as each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you think the film one's a little in terms of they, they seem regretful that they're leaving her behind slightly. Not as much a normal parent would, but a little bit. That's a bit more realistic than in the book where they're just like, ah, whatever, just go with the teacher, I don't care. <laughs> you know. Haven't haven't you got that the wrong way around? Or at least maybe that's me. Then I, I thought in the book, I thought in the book they were a bit more reluctant. Uh, just because they, just because, oh, well, shall we, shall we not? Uh, or no, they were a bit more reluctant because they didn't want to pay. They didn't want to yeah. give her any money for the upkeep. Whereas yeah. in the film, they were much more rushed because you could hear the sirens and they were more like, fucking hurry up. And she was like, I ain't going. They're like, well, just fucking go on then, stay. Let's see you yeah. later. And didn't they, didn't they try, try yeah. to palm the boy Didn't they try to palm the sun off at the same time? Or am I... <laughs> No, no. I, remember, no. No. I remember the mom being a bit sad. Film, yeah, slightly, yeah. yeah for you like don't this really much. get in the book, but yeah, yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah, mind you, I thought I thought the moms were chalk and cheese. I think in the book and the film, even though the character is pretty similar, um, I'm not saying that the mom was attractive in the film, but in the book you got an idea that she was just a beast of a woman like she was like a trunch bowl <laughs> kind of character whereas yeah. whereas in the film at least like you could imagine that once she might have been attractive and she still thinks that she is because she's very much lo uh, like looks and hair and and jewelry and makeup and clothes and so she still thinks she's like maybe 20 from what she was 20 years ago but i think in the book in the books in all of the books the 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 they're kind of not nice adults, are they? And they always seem a bit dirty and grubby and slimy and un unwashed. I think is the is the they, they, they do though, don't they? They all, they all seem yeah. like they could just do with a nice bath because they are all, yeah. all all come across as grubby and stinky. Which maybe yeah. that's another thing for kids. Maybe I don't know. That's how they all see all adults as grubby and stinky. I don't know. Yeah, it's a thing across all these books. And sorry, what are you? Okay, okay. No, I was just gonna say he's he's uh, it's a thing that he always does in, in pretty much all his books. The, the the baddies are always the the adults like James and the Giant Peach, and you know, his two aunties, and they they're horrible, and the twits and stuff like that. It's always mm. evil grown ups. 
Mm-hmm. Stinky yeah. and smelly, yeah. like yeah, like the fantastic Mr. Fox. They were all yeah. like just people you wouldn't want to you cross you cross the street, wouldn't you? <laughs> I tell you what this book's done for me. This book's made me realise that I should start putting, like, you know, when you buy a game and it'll say from age four to six or something. <laughs> I think they should start doing that with books because I never thought of it before, but there's, like, there are levels of children's books. It's like you think of Harry Potter as a children's book, but the kind of kid that's going to relate to this book isn't going to relate to Harry Potter for another probably three or four years. Yeah, yeah but think... also, but I think also, like, I mean, how old's uh, how old's Ben Junior? Ben, uh, he's five. You see, so, so right, so he's five. I'm purposely not saying his name just for safeguarding issues. And how old's your lad, Rich? Four. Okay, so I've got a five, right? So we've all got boys around that same age, but like, none of them would like. Right, if I use if I use my daughters as an example, they might roll read. Say any role doll, they'll just pick it up and read it themselves. Not at four Which years old, right? No, no, but they're nine, right? So, oh, so as 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 older children, they might pick that up and read it, but and they'd understand that quite. I think they'd understand that like a role doll book quite easily. Whereas a Harry Potter book, number one, the words are a bit smaller; it's fucking seven times the size, right? True, and and, and they might However, not understand I'll... the subject matter too much. Although, actually, now that you mention that, now. Even though I've never really watched the Harry Potter all the way through, the beginning of the first Harry Potter is very much like Matilda. I think he's living with he's living with step parents yeah. who are really horrible yeah. to him, and he's got like a step brother or no, 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 cousins, another cousins or whatever. But you know, one one is a right twat to him, or two are right twats to him, just like the brother is. In so there's a lot there's a lot of comparisons there. It's well, I think what what I mean more is it's like Harry Potter. Has more substance, has more side plot, it has more going on than Matilda. So somebody younger, maybe four, five, six, seven years old, will be okay with that because that you know, the, with Harry Potter, there's too much to de- detract them from the main story. Mm. Whereas as they get yeah. a bit older, like uh, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, Harry Potter, the the story and the the substance within it would be more intriguing to them. I think. Okay, so well, well, no, 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 that's a good point you're raising. It's a good question to ask to Ben. But uh, just before I do ask the question, or kind of pose this as a question, like for instance, like my five-year-old, he'll watch Jumanji. He can watch like Jum- the first Jumanji, second Jumanji, third Jumanji, Zephora, right, and absolutely love it and think it's brilliant. He can watch something like Moana and follow it and think it's brilliant and want to watch it again. But you can watch anything else, like say team related that you find on Netflix, not team related, but like young children related and have no idea what's going on and get completely bored. So the question I suppose, Ben, is how do you stop children getting bored when you're writing a story? Um, really, when you, I mean, just to pick up on your point earlier on, I think we're in the industry, they're very good at, there are sort of age categories. So you've got picture books, chapter book, lower middle grade, upper middle grade, YA, but they're not really that across to the general public really like most people don't know what any of those terms mean and it would be helpful like you say to have something on the back book saying a bit like you get with certificates with films it, that would be quite useful uh, if publishers started doing that uh, but to 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 make to stop kids being bored really you just got to especially when you're writing for like Roald Dahl was for the, that, that would be sort of lower middle grade I would say is to just keep the story going as much as you can don't spend too much time ruminating and like uh, you know just 
thinking and not doing like uh, to use a Shakespearean, you know, because I'm a classy guy. Like Ham, the, 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 the play Hamlet is just Hamlet walking around thinking about stuff for three hours. Get rid of all that. Just have stuff happen uh, as much as you can. Really, just keep it moving. That's what I. That's that, that's what I would say. As an obviously an award winning author as I am, you know. <laughs> so so when you're so when you're so when you're thinking of an idea for a book um like if we say say for instance if we take take the um the uh joe Cap, Cra- joe crowley am i getting that right uh cowley cowley joe cowley so did you have the idea for the character i.e based on yourself uh but did you have the idea of the character and then go i oh, know i'm gonna have this boy who likes a b c and d be in situation a b c and d and see how it turns out or are you using um like real life experiences in the first book to start with mm. yeah i got the artery we got the idea for the first book i was i was at work i was at work post and mm-hmm. I saw I had an envelope and it was I was delivering to this lad I used to go to school with. And I saw that on the envelope, his dad, a woman who had the same last name as one of like the really like horrible school bullies. And I don't know if there was any relation, but I just had this idea. OK, what if your parents split up and one of your parents gets together, the parent of your school bully and you have to live with your school bully? in like share a bedroom <laughs> and that was that was how i came up and i'd and that would only really work as a kid's book really although someone's pointed out it's a bit like Step Brothers, you know the will ferrell movie mm. but, yeah. i've not actually seen that yet but i've seen clips and trailers of it yeah um, but uh, and so from then because i thought well, that's the kids book thing I, I went back and started rereading a load of kid books from our youth and yeah as joe developed the character joe it really was sort of an exaggerated version of his 14 year old really uh, and like you say, you, I, I use a lot of real life inspiration, but I tended to exaggerate it a bit. Like there's things like I had to have braces when I was a kid, and there's a load of dental students that looking into my mouth and he's taking Polaroid cards. Uh, and I took that, and I ended up with him having braces. And then he he kisses his girlfriend who has lip piercing, and they get stuck together. Oh. And they 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 get taken to the dentist, and the dental students are there, and like everyone's looking at them. So you know, that's sort of how I tend to exaggerate stuff that really happened. I wasn't kissing any girls when I was at school. <laughs> That's a big exaggeration. <laughs> and and you're still not now. No, no, <laughs> no. Well, I was at his wedding. I was at his wedding to Ben's. I mean, Ben, yeah. you've got you've got to, you've got to be married what eight years now? Oh, so he doesn't kiss years? anymore then? Because no, he's married, no. he doesn't kiss yeah. anymore. No, yeah, I'm no, no Matt Hancock. No, no. no I'm <laughs> ten years this year. Christ, it's been that long. Bloody yeah. hell! Yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah, I know. Shocking. September. Yeah. How is how is how is Mrs. Davis? Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I mean, she's in a bit of a mood because um, I, they were watching, as I say, Mr. Bean upstairs, and I had to get him to switch it off. So she's having to, I think, probably read to the boy to get him to get to sleep. So oh, is she is she reading the soup movement? That is the that is the question. Does <laughs> does is uh, is a um, oh, sorry is Ben <laughs> Junior? <laughs> he's been junior been um does he know that you write books or does he not he, he does yeah he, he's got more i think he used to think that everyone's dad wrote books he just thought that was something <laughs> everyone's dad did <laughs> um but now yeah he's, he's getting more used to it now and he, he did get me to read a couple of mine to him they're a bit too old for him to understand really like what's going yeah. on but uh, he, he just he, he likes the um, listening to it there's there's fart jokes in it he gets fart jokes you know, everyone everyone likes a good fart joke. That's good though, because yeah, fart do, never yeah. never stops being funny. From the age of no. two 
to the age of 90, whatever, a fart is always <laughs> funny. Absolutely. Cool. I think so. Um, so, I mean, I think, to be honest, I think we've, well, we haven't really covered everything because we've just been having a good chat. Um, but um, <laughs> what, uh, I'll throw a question out there. What was the biggest change in the film that you noticed, Richie? I, I from the book to know. the film, I, I can't really say. I did apart from the 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 bit where she goes in, they're both going to the house. That's the only mm. big difference mm. for yeah. me. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very close to the book. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, I was. It's. It surprised me how close it was. Really, like I say, when I read the book, I was expecting stuff from the film to be in it. Like, so I thought she would have ended up like they would have gone to the house. She'd have ended up in the chokey, but. Um, no, no, it didn't happen. Because, like I say, I mean, the other films, they, they were really different. I think Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Roald Dahl hated that so much, he protested outside the cinema with a like a placard <laughs> and that because he said it was like ruining his work of art or whatever. But, yeah, with this one, it was, like I say, other than obviously moving it to America and certain bits, it was actually quite faithful to the uh, to the original. I would argue that if Roald Dahl thought uh, Matilda was better than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he was probably a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, I think I think I think we are talking about the 1970s version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, he died in he died in 1990, so he wouldn't have had anything to say about mm. Matilda. In all fairness, and um, no. if he'd have seen the the remake of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> he'd have had two fucking placards <laughs> <laughs> and a, and a stroke, most likely. Actually, yeah. I don't. I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've only seen the Johnny Depp version. Eat really? shit. No, yeah, no, yeah, but only be, no, but only number one because I don't think it was ever on when I was growing up. Otherwise, I would have watched it. And of course number two, it was. no, right? Okay, if it was on, it wasn't on the telly that my mom and dad watched. Right? Okay, there was Everybody a different had channel. The same telly. They just looked at yeah. different brands. All right, maybe I had friends and I was out all the time. I don't know. Right, but <laughs> all right. Um, Right, moody, moody, right? <laughs> but but I've only seen I've only seen the Johnny Depp version. But um, so I, I can't I can't compare the two, um, particularly. Um, I enjoyed the second one. I thought the second one was all right. I mean, I've never really been interested in watching it, but it was a Tim Burton thing, wasn't it? So you know, the sad I, thing is for you now, Phil, you can't watch the first one because it's it's one of those things where you have to have grown up with it. It's like if if I watched The Goonies now and I've never watched it before, I would think this is a really shit film. But because I grew yeah, up okay. with it, yeah, it's the yeah, best yeah. film I see in the what world. You mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but don't get me wrong. There was loads of films like that that I saw. I mean, like for instance, I tell you what, I tell you what uh, hasn't stood the test of time particularly. But when I watch it, I don't give a shit, and that's the flight of the Navigator. Oh. I think flight. I think I think I think Flock the Navigator is an absolutely fantastic yeah. film, but I I, uh, I watched it with my daughter the other day, and and like she's nine, and I was probably about nine when I first watched it. She's like, "This is shit. What's this? <laughs> yeah, what she's the been fuck ruined by modern movies." Yeah, and I'm like, "But look, it's about a boy, and NASA have got him, and it's a spaceship." She's like, "Yeah, but, but like, where's like like he looks really uncomfortable in that thing?" I'm like. He does, doesn't it? Actually, yeah. Why is that? <laughs> why is why is that bird from Sex in the City helping him? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, you know, just you know what I mean. It's just like really, like, how's he gone back in time? I don't know how's he gone fucking back in time, but it's a brilliant film. All right. Uh, so yeah, you're right. There's there's things that you've got to watch and grow up with to appreciate. Because if I watched it now, I'd be like, this looks really shit. But 
Can't yeah. really say that. I can't really say I've ever really been interested in Roald Dahl stuff. To be perfectly honest, you know, it's not like he's not a go-to author. No. When I was growing up, not really. And film-wise, not really. But I I watch them because the kids like them. So you know what you're gonna do. Yeah. That's fair. <sighs> so if you could change ah, the yes, cast here we go. Mm-hmm. of the film and put your own cast in there. Mm-hmm. So if you could change Matilda, change the trunch ball, um, and whoever else, who would you change them for? Ooh. One and Ben. Yeah, or, or you need to think, because I think I changed the name of the film to Macaulay, and I'd have Macaulay Culkin <laughs> as a 10-year-old in there, and that's what it would be called, Macaulay, rather yeah. than Matilda. Really? <laughs> well, that would be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Though. I think I think they cast it really well, didn't they? I think because uh, she Indeed. played whenever they needed like a precocious little girl, they just used her, didn't they? In any film in the early sort of mid nineties, mm-hmm. in all of them. So uh, now, I suppose the easier question is: if you were remaking it, who would you have in the yeah. in the main cast? Now you know who I'd have as Mrs. Trunchbull. I'd have that woman from Dodgeball. You remember that mad German woman? Yeah, big eyebrows. You'd have her pretty much, pretty much the same woman, just German and with bigger eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have her. She'd be she'd be trunchbull, surely, because she'd work in a in the modern era. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Charles. I'm not really sure about children actors. I'm I'm pretty. I'm I'm pretty sure that any decent child actor would do a good job. Um. But the, I suppose, really, it's the mom and dad, isn't it? It's the mom and dad that you want to uh, that you want to cast well. But it's it is cast really well. I mean, I can't think of any anyone else better than the people who did it. To be perfectly honest, I thought mm. I, thought I would I would want to change the feeling of the film a bit and make it a bit more British and have a bit more British humour. Now you know the little girl when she was a little girl in the program Outnumbered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The little sarcastic <laughs> girl, yeah, mm. her. She'd be a brilliant British. Matilda. Oh, you see, if you were going, if you were going fantasy, if you were going fantasy British casting, you'd have Helen Mirren as the mom, and you'd have Bob Hoskins as the dad. Surely, there you go. Even, I, I know, I know, I know. Bob Hoskins is dead, but that's <laughs> what you'd have. You'd have Helen Mirren and Bob Hoskins yeah. with the girl from Outnumbered. Yeah. And, or go and, with um, and and and, yeah. and the fat boy from Harry Potter. One of the fat boys. Shove him as the brother. Shit, I've just I've just fucking fat shamed someone. Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean like. <laughs> no, he, 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 you know. he didn't shame him. He was fat. Okay, good. <laughs> right, Pugsley. Is his name Pugsley, or is there a Pugsley in a different? Pugsley's in the Adams family. In have <laughs> someone who looks like Pugsley. In, in the <laughs> <laughs> I just go around calling all fat kids Pugsley. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one thing about Roald Dahl books. There wouldn't like a lot. There's a lot of the the, the fat shaming in a lot of his books, <laughs> and it's not just like a character saying, "Oh, he's a fat kid." It's Roald Dahl. He'll he'll take he'll stop to one side and just suddenly be like, "Yeah, fat kids are disgusting." Like, oh, oh, whoa! All right. Like, yeah. They are. <laughs> yeah, it's, to be honest, it's his it's his descriptions of people like like he goes into like minute detail about how shitty they are as a person as well. <laughs> you know, just to so say you don't like them a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, um, just for just just for reference, the the narrator of the Matilda, uh, the uh, the well, 
the radio play was Lenny Henry. Oh, okay. And he and he conversed with Matilda throughout right. the radio play. Yeah. Which was interesting. But yeah. there wasn't there wasn't anything different in the book to the radio play. There were there were word for word, line for line. There yeah. wasn't anything different. Okay. Yeah. There's the, the musical as well. I don't know if you mentioned that earlier, didn't you? There's the Matilda um yeah. Musical that's been going for a few years now, and it's uh, Tim mentioned us that the uh, music for that. I haven't seen it though. Who does it really? Yeah, I heard it's really good, but I've not. Well, it should be good if he's doing it, I suppose. Yeah. So, 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 so we've had the recast question. Uh, I think the other question we normally ask is, what would you add, stroke, take away from the film rather than the book, Richie? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, just a bit more substance and just a bit more, I don't know. It just seemed like such a, such a, I don't know. It's, you've got a girl, starts school, has a nasty teacher, gains some magical powers and defeats the nasty teacher so her normal teacher can have a new home. It just seems a little shit. <laughs> It is very thin. Well, actually, quite, well, let, let's ask. Let's ask a proper author who's wrote almost ten books. Right? Is is what like if Richard come to you and said, "I've got an idea for a book," and gave you that idea, would you go, "Fuck me, that's a bit thin, mate"? Um. Well, this is the thing you get as an author sometimes. They'll give you some one of my books. They they come did come to me with an idea, and it was, but and you, you sort of have to develop it. Um. A little bit, so I think the over the, the premise of it, you know, the the telekinesis, I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called, and all that. Is, mm-hmm. But yep. then I was thinking, you know, you could with the film, I could have brought out the dark side a bit. But then I just thought, if you just take Matilda and turn up the dark side, it just becomes Carrie by Stephen King, doesn't it? <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, that so, is very uh, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How far? Uh, how far do you want to take it? Yeah, she's popped. Yeah. Her, she's popped a fucking eyeball out in the classroom. <laughs> yeah. Around, uh, they dump a lot um, blood on her, don't they? At the, the prom, and then she goes around like blowing them all up with a mind. See, that would have been good. Starts off as it does this nice children's book, and you think this is all nicey, 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 and then out of nowhere, randomly, it's just <laughs> Matilda looks at the teacher, and her eyeball pops out, blood everywhere. You're like, what the? F- fuck just happened <laughs> that would have been surprising and it'd have been amazing but no none of that it was just a that shit thing story uh, that should be like urban legend for urban legend matilda <laughs> matilda the omen child yeah yeah um, yeah so i think i think probably what what i would have maybe added uh to it was maybe a little bit more about the dad so obviously you've got like the fbi camping outside his house because he's selling FBI dodgy car parts so, yeah but but you know what i mean maybe like if he was like i'll if, change if, that i would change that to the police that's what change phil yeah but like you can keep it as the fbi but he's got to be for a reason so maybe like mm-hmm. the, like the showroom with the car showroom and like there's there's like a, a consignment of parts and inside the parts there's drugs or there's <laughs> or the stolen art or something inside the car parts and that's yeah. why they're watching him so you so know that's just, the dea then not the fbi 
Well, don't get fucking moody with me. You know what I mean? I okay, didn't want the fucking look, film. Okay, it's hold, holding weapons, guns and stuff, illegal weapons. Yeah. Let's go with no, that. No, 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 no. Stolen art's a little bit nicer for kids. If kids start seeing fucking oozes yeah, and, yeah. and then fucking yeah, M16s, yeah. Mac 10s, okay. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if they, see, yeah okay. if they see some Van Goghs, they'll be like, oh, what's that? Drugs well, is all right, Phil, is it? No, that's what I meant with stolen art. Oh, okay, sorry, my bad. I've just added the stolen art. Bit. That's, that's I thought you said I drugs like. and stolen art. No, I started with drugs because that's what I like. But and then you I worked your way into uh, art, the art world. Yeah, I moved on to something more palatable. <laughs> I know how much drugs cost. I have no idea what a fucking stolen fucking Dagar costs. More than a gram. Look at Ben. Ben's going, fuck me. My career's gone down the fucking pan. All they've talked about is cocaine the whole fucking time. You know, we can edit all that bit out. <laughs> well, to be fair, Ben, no one fucking listens to our podcast, mate. So you're perfect. You're fucking sweet. We've probably had about fucking 60 You're not showing this very well, Phil. <laughs> That's hey, I, listen, I listened to you on with Scott Capura the other day. Yesterday, in fact. Oh, yeah. so, oh for go. research. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. 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 No. Good. Oh, good. Okay. At least that's an extra. That's an extra download. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm sure. And I'm sure Ben's mum and dad will listen when he tells yeah. them. If he does, and then there's an extra two listeners because not yeah. even my mum listens. <laughs> my mum doesn't even know about it. Oh, there you go. You see. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, um, uh, verdict then. Uh, do you, uh, Richard? Do you prefer the book or the film? Oh, I don't care either. Them, them both as as medium as each other. Okay, great. So thanks for that decision, Ben. Uh, do you prefer the book or the film? Yeah, as I say, it's it's it is a tough one because they're not massively different. And I think sometimes it's one of those things of nostalgia as well. It can make you you go back and you sort of realise that this isn't as good as I thought it was as I remember it being. So, but I would probably on balance go with with the book just about i think i'll go with the book because i could make it my own you know, i can i could in my head i can make it better so when i saw the film it's like oh, i didn't see it like that i didn't see it like that mm. i didn't see it like that mm -hmm. so I'd, I'd say i'd give the edge to the book mind you don't aren't all the books that we cover written by british people and then made into american films and that's all like uh, um high fidelity British writer. The whole book yeah. was based in London, and then it's an American. We've had, obviously, I know that uh, uh, Girl Dragon Tattoo was a Swedish one, but then made into an American thing. And then we've had um, Mrs. Doubtfire, which was a British film that was made in a British book that was made into American. Matilda, again, the same. Uh, Blade mm. Runner was American. That was American. But yeah, it, it seems that we're reading a lot of British literature that's been, or at least European literature that's being trans translated into American medium, we're going, doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Because I think Mrs. Doubtfire, it was it was living in Leicester, weren't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was set in Leicester in the 80s. And then you watch the film, you're like, how the fuck is this translated to Leicester from the 80s? You know, it's a, and you're right, because, you know, you've always got your own kind of idea and interpretation of what's going on rather than, rather than it being fed to you. But I think, um, I think like with with Mrs. Doubtfire, the book wasn't funny at all. There was one there was one bit that I laughed quite loud at, but the film is just hilarious. So yeah. like you know, the film was better than the book in 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 that sense. Um, 
Probably. I think it took a genius director to read that book and go, I could make it a fucking amazing comedy out of this. Because well, it was a shit book. <laughs> it was a really yeah, bad book. Yeah, but you know what, actually, because because you're you're pretty much you you're you're quite hard on books, actually. Where because like you were hard on Date for I think you've been quite hard on Matilda as well for like the substance of it and you know like being mediocre. But actually, I, I mean, the film was enjoyable. You know, the film was enjoyable. It was easy to watch. It was easy to follow. Very child-friendly as well, because I think it's very hard to make a film that is child-friendly from a child-friendly book, if you know what I mean. No? Okay, just me then. Conversation killer film? <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. I'll get me coat, shall I? Yeah. Not, not the first time I've said something to a fucking... I said, to, like I said, said earlier, I have to just keep reminding myself that it's a children's book and that's why it's... Yeah, it, it it is what it is, and it's for children. I'd say between my son's age and say eight or nine, it's a kind of book you could read to them in bed over, say, a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, uh, both. Uh, I say all all of mine like Matilda. I think all of mine like um, Horrid Henry as well. I think I think to mm. be honest, I think like those two films. I don't know whether it's just because I've watched them. 50 times a piece but they seem fairly similar in kind of plot as well not not plot but like the kind of the way they're they're set up if you know what i mean it's you know yeah. that the kind of like the teacher student kind of relationship that they have and everything's all right in the end and all that kind of stuff except for in the film of horrid henry's parents aren't wankers <laughs> it's richard ah richard e grant now richard yeah. would, would richard e grant be a good dad in mm. uh in a remake, if we were remaking it with an alive actor rather than a dead one, I think Richard <laughs> E. Grant would probably be a very like smarmy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have an American dad if like if we're making it British, you can't have fucking <laughs> Joe Pesci, can you? Okay. I'd like to say that. <laughs> hey, you little shit. <laughs> I mean, he's like Danny DeVito turned up to ten, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, angry. well, a, a more angry evil Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what would you give the book out of 10, Richie? Uh, for me, oh, it's a difficult one because, again, it's a child, it's a children's book. Um, no, it's just on, just on how you enjoyed it. It doesn't matter oh, if it's a children's book or not, does it? Three. Okay, well, that's a bit mean. I would give it a seven, uh, Ben. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go seven. You know, Trunchbull is a, is an iconic villain in kids' books. True. You know, mm. but, but uh, it doesn't like like you say with a lot of these, it doesn't quite stand up to. Do you know? Do, do you know who she reminds me of? Who's just come to my mind now? Uh, do you remember um, Living Daylights with with Timothy Dalton? Yeah. At the very start of that, he's getting the gate, he's sneaking the geezer out of Russia. That woman who helps him, the size of her. Oh, rips, yeah. Oh, and she buries the bloke's head in her tits until they <laughs> get away. She would be a perfect trunch bowl. <laughs> the, the one from the chase. Yeah, the uh, the Anne Haggerty. Anne, Anne, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would. That's brilliant. Yeah. She'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so Richie, you give the book a three, seven, a seven, and a three. The film, Richie, the film, five. 
Oh, I okay. like the film better. <laughs> you do. There you go. That that is the first. That is a first. Uh, ben, uh, six. I'll give it a seven. I think a seven and a seven. I think is perfectly fine because I'd watch it again because I'd probably have to. <laughs> right. You know, Actually, but... I was being harsh on the book. I'll give them both a five. Okay, that's good. Okay. Okay, good, 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 good. So all round, uh, all round decent scores, I suppose. There, uh, decent scores from people who know nothing and from someone who actually wrote a book. Yeah, mid range. Yeah, it's not, probably not his best, but probably not his worst either. In all fairness, good stuff. Mm. So Ben, um, so Ben, you said you've got. A, so that's the end of that's the end of our podcast review. But before we uh, let Ben go, first of all, I think. Ben, I'm very bitterly disappointed that I have no signed copies of any of your books. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a testament to how to, to how to how you you have climbed the the ladder of stardom and left us little people behind. Where I where my daughter does not own a signed Joe Cowley book, but that's okay, you know. You know <laughs> Apologies, we, we, we no, can make fine. that happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you say should... did you say your daughter was nine? Sorry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not Joe, not Joe Cowley, one of the other ones. Okay. <laughs> Joe Cowley's a bit. I'll get your people to speak to my people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you got so. So have you got a title for a book that's coming out, or is that still hush hush, or what's the score? Yeah, well, I'm I'm doing something a bit different this summer. Um, I'm do, I'm putting out an adult book, but all my other books were with publishers. This one, I just wrote it, and I just thought I'm just going to put it out as an ebook myself. Uh, on Amazon, that's going to be called "Is This It?" Okay, cool. So, do us a favour then. Um, if you've got like uh, links and stuff, if you can send me the link, we can put that link on to this chat yeah. and to the the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> um, is there any is there anything lined up for you to um, to have any of your books turned into films? No, I, the closest I came to that was I, I wrote a book called My Embarrassing Dad's Gone Viral. And I had an email from my agent saying, oh, the BBC's just been in touch. They really like it. They want to talk to you about doing something with it. And I was like, oh, fantastic. And I got sort of all weekend to get excited about it. And then I got an email on the Monday to actually they've just realized I've already got something a bit like that. So they're not going to bother. Oh, what's that's your a shame. Second, what's your second name, Ben? D-A-V-I-S. I just want to see what Google says about you. Or if you're the top search or anything. No, just Ben Davis will be a clothing out a clothing out. <laughs> oh yeah. America. He's already done this. He's already yeah. had a <laughs> I know that because if you listen to a load of rap songs in the nineties, they always name check Ben Davis, like Paul Beastie Fat. Boys and that. Because that's ben what they Davis, wore back Paul then. Fat. Yeah. Or you are with an ER. And oh, it'll well. come up as well. If you type in Ben Davis author, it'll come up with my info, but a photo of some bald bloke. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, look at that. That's fucking He's bizarre. It'll, it'll be U my yeah, United States. My books underneath. Um yeah, but a photo of some yeah. some <laughs> art all, critic from America. Yeah. They're all yeah, <laughs> Ben's books. And there some, we are. Yeah. Ben Davis Children's Oxford University Press. That's that, it. That's, that's you, yeah. Publisher is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can find you on Google with your name, but um with a bit of digging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be me and some other uh, bloke. Are you on Audible? Uh, one of my books is on Audible. Yeah, uh, what's that in Dog Years is on there. Yeah. And who narrates and that? A chap called uh, Dan Bottomley. They they didn't for whatever reason they didn't want this velvety Tamworth accent to narrate the book, so they paid a professional 
actor oh, to wow. do it. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know who I'd want to be narrating my books? That yeah. Scottish geezer from Harry Potter. Oh, Robbie Coltrane. No, not him. <laughs> the one who did the um, he's fairly you know like the rugged good looks. Doesn't uh, really sound Scottish, but he's Scottish. Did those um, did those private detective BBC dramas? I'd have Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Oh, right. As if Ben could afford Morgan Freeman. That'd be like, that'd be <laughs> his role. Is anything about money, <laughs> Philip? Have you got to fucking pay people to do it, ain't you? <laughs> no, I'm never going to find the guy's name in time. Uh, but I'd have him. His name's Jason something or other. But you know who I mean when you see him. He's quite oh, okay. good. Yeah. I like him. I like his voice. <laughs> right then. So, other than that, soundtrack. I've got to... Sound... We never, we never oh. said anything about soundtrack for the film. Um, but, okay, so what... Well, so leave what... it now, leave it now. It's not really a film for soundtrack, is it? No, there wasn't anything really in it to kind of give it some... Oh, I know. Uh, what about shampoo? Trouble? No. Uh-oh, no. we're in trouble. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, that would be good. That, like, there was... Maybe. Because I was always in trouble. Trunch Bowl was fucking fucking kids about left, right, and centre, weren't you? <laughs> I think you can't use shampoo though, because pretty, pretty sure that's the only song they did. You can't have that throughout the and whole film. So, so what? So what if it's the, what, the only song they did? You don't have to fucking. It's not the Highlander. We're not getting Queen to do <laughs> yeah, the but fucking we're talking about sound, soundtrack. You're talking about soundtrack. You know, if you, yeah. you know, we chose you. I chose Queen for a uh, Highlander, yeah. and they don't just have one song all the way through it. No, they did the whole fucking album. Exactly. Album. So Shampoo did one song, and you want to play that one song all the way through the film? <laughs> it, it works in a lot of films, though. Not, not, not right. Okay, name, name another film other than Highlander where one artist has done all of the songs. That one, that Christmas one with George Michaels. What fucking George Michael? <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it, it would be fucking George Michael, wouldn't it? Oh, I see. It wasn't a George Michael film. It was just George Michael soundtrack. I don't know. So you, you haven't given me any evidence of an actual film. You just said words now. Okay. You talk amongst yourselves, you piece of shit. Right. I think, to be honest, I think I think we've covered absolutely everything. We've covered uh, we've covered all the changes. We've covered who we'd have. We've covered who we wouldn't. We've given it the scores. We've let our guest shrill himself. Um, so uh, for, for all his new Last stuff. Christmas, Philip. Last Christmas. Right. Okay. I'll called. go. I'll go and look. Right. So, right. So there's one then. Okay. So there's two films. Good. Okay. Uh, but I'd still use shampoo and I'd still use a Samsung all the way through. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just have that every every five seconds. One hour, 28 minutes, it took it took me less time to read the book than it took us to talk about it. <laughs> Fuck it. We haven't fucking talked about the book, really, have we? We just said there were six differences. There they are. Let's have a little chat. So what's <laughs> but, happening you know. next time, then, Phil? Um, okay, so in the next episode, usually, well, we always give, we, we always tell a lie. So we always make something cook because we have no oh, idea. Yeah. But we've got um, we've got Eddie Brimson coming on next, um, as far as we're aware. Yeah, exactly. See, see, Ben's quite happy with that. Yeah, um, so, so Ben has got um, a play out called Naughty Boy. So we might try and watch that. But um, we're thinking either ID or Kez 
for the next episode, but we haven't really come to a conclusion just yet. We normally let the guest pick um, just because then they might be interested in coming on. He gave um, us those to, uh, to choose from, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're the two to choose from. Um, ID and the book. Let, the, let, let our guest decide which one we're going to read. Oh, go on then. Go on then, Ben. You can choose out of those two, either ID or Kez. I don't, I don't know ID. Go. I was going to say, Ben's going to go, what the fuck's ID? Yeah, um, I don't know it. Go and watch it. It's brilliant. Okay. It's a football I'll hooligan go- film. It's Reese Dinsdale. Okay. Oh, in that case, that's more up Eddie's street, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I suggested I love... it. I thought, well, you know, yeah. Yeah. I thought we'll watch yeah. that or give that a read because the book, well, oh, we're going to start talking about it already, but the book's quite interesting uh, in comparison okay. to the film. But that's the reason why I suggested it was just because of Eddie's background. Um, yeah. And then obviously we can we can maybe, we can watch Naughty Boy as well and we can chat about his play and stuff. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. so idea's been chosen then by the sounds of it. Yes. Sounds okay. Good. I will listen. There you go. Cool. Excellent stuff. Well, um, from me, Philip. And me, Richie. And our guest, Ben. This has been Adapted Screen Podcast. I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, as long as we don't lose you and you can hear us. Can you hear us in real time, Ben? No, yeah, no, we can't. It, every now and then it goes. <laughs> but I can try going out and coming, coming back in. Be good. Can try that. Yeah, go on. Last. Can't yeah, can yeah. he? No, of course not. Yeah. Right, see you in a second. Bear me one sec. Sorry about this. Oh, she's screwing out the room and coming back in. That's not going to work. <laughs> That's going to be in the trailer. <laughs>